Chelsea Handler is a well-known name, comedian, television host, six-time New York Times best-selling author, and the list goes on and on. This is just a little bit from her Netflix special, Revolution. I know I don't have the skills to raise a baby. I have rescued nine dogs in my life. Thank you. I've returned four. Well, Chelsea Handler is coming to Vancouver next month. She is going to be performing at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre at the end of March. But she is joining me on the line now to talk a little bit more about what fans can expect at the show and a few other topics as well. Chelsea Handler, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, hello. Right back to you. Well, it's so exciting that you are coming to Vancouver. I know you're no stranger and uh, you've spent a lot of time in Vancouver and Whistler. This is all part of your ongoing tour. How is the tour going? The tour is going. I just came from Saskatoon and Winnipeg. So I would like to thank you for those introductions to those (laughs) cities. I told my agents, I'm like, listen, I don't want to leave Canada for any reason during wintertime. So book me in only Canadian cities. And so they're like, are you sure any Canadian city? And I said, sure, any one of them is fine. (laughs) I cut to, I pull up to Saskatoon a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, what is this? (laughs) What was your first impression? Uh, That I needed a pair of ice skates to get to my hotel room. I mean, it was so cold. I slept in my scarf and my mittens. I slept in mittens, my scarf and a hat. And I like the cold. Like I love, I mean, I ski... You know, in the buff, I am no stranger to the cold. That was another level. That was like Eskimo stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah skiing in the buff in Saskatoon might not be the greatest idea health-wise. Uh, right. No, I didn't do that. There's no skiing anyway because there are no mountains, so you don't even have to worry about that. <laughs> that is true. Well, that you will uh, you will see some mountains. Obviously, you know that when you come to Vancouver. Uh, there's so much stuff that you have done and, and kind of looking back at your career. I want to go back a little bit further, though. I'm curious, and I often ask comedians this, when did you first realize that you were funny and that you could make people laugh? Probably when I was a little kid. I got a lot of attention for being cute when I was little, but I I didn't like that vibe. I wanted attention for being smart, you know, and I felt like I think I found that the, the quickest way to have people believe that you're smart is to be funny. So I just was, I just had it, I had that personality from a very early age, because when I was born, I looked around at my family and was like, what is, who's in charge around here? Like, this doesn't seem like a smooth running operation. There were five other children. My parents were like, my dad was a used car dealer. My mother was asleep half the time. I'm like, this doesn't, I I needed to find my own way. I was like, do I have a dowry? Like, how do I upwardly mobilize from this family? So I kind of got very entrepreneurial and funny at an early age. I started a hard lemonade stand when I was about eight, which meant I like sold tequila, gin, and whiskey at my lemonade stand to children or adults. Like whoever was a buyer, I didn't discriminate. Um, and I made a lot of money that way. And then I started a babysitting company when I was 10. I lied and said I was 15, and I ended up spending that entire summer babysitting for a 14-year-old boy. So I am resourceful and I've always had my eye on the fact that there is bigger, there are bigger and better 
avenues to explore, like keep searching, keep looking, and, uh, you know, be vibrantly alive, not just alive. You've written a lot about some of the things you just mentioned, your family uh, growing up in your books. Uh, people might not know this. Uh, you've written six best-selling books and, uh, again, touching on a lot of those subjects. Uh, have you worked that into this tour as well as far as uh, part of the act being about uh, family in those early years? Uh, yeah, well, the first half is about my family and growing up and um, me discovering and finding my Pikachu when I was around nine years old. And then I have some stories when I get older uh, about some famous people who have been canceled. I have a really good story about Bill Cosby, which not a lot of people can say. I have a great dinner story about having dinner with Woody Allen and Suni Previn and what I said to him. And uh, yeah, I have a lot. My life has been one big adventure. Like I everything's an adventure to me. So to be able to go on stage and share all these ridiculous stories. I once went to Kenny Bunford, the Bush, the famous Bush compounds uh, to meet the former president. Um, and I was on three edibles. So I ha- and I had to look at his artwork. So I have a great story about that too. But yeah, my life has just been, I always find myself in these ridiculous circumstances and my reactions to these circumstances, I guess, you know, are, are, well, they are humorous, so I always turn them into stories. So there is overlap between my books and my stand-up, but I think most of the stuff in my stand-up, I don't have a book about yet. Hmm, interesting. Uh, you, you have done all of that as far as writing the bestsellers. You have a podcast, the stand-up, you've done acting. Is there one of, one of the things that you like doing the most? Well, I love my podcast because I'm able to talk to real people. We have real live callers call in for advice. I'm good at giving advice. I always have been a strong kind of big sister vibe to people. And I like that. I care about people and then making the right choices, women especially, you know, like knowing that you don't have to have a kid or be married to be of value in society, like all this garbage that we've been served up our whole lives. It's really nice to be able to like sit and do something that isn't a vanity project. And and it's been a huge success. And I love that aspect of things. But, you know, I get to live this great life between my stand-up, my podcast and books, I'm working on my new book right now, my next book right now, and it just frees me up to, you know, if I want to take the summer off and travel around the world, I get to do that, and if I want to work, I work. So I'm in a really good spot, and I'm very grateful and appreciative of all the hard work I've put into my career, and to have all these fans, you know, show up for me year after year on all these tours I've done. I think I'm enjoying stand-up more than I ever have. So that's a gift in and of itself. <laughs> that's uh, that's amazing. One of the lines in in uh, your book, "Life Will Be the Death of Me," or I won't quote it exactly, but it was something along the lines of what you just mentioned. People asking, "Why don't you have kids? Why haven't you been married?" and saying that that kids just wouldn't have been a good use of your time. Do people still ask you those things? Why you didn't do uh, other things with your life, even though you've had this wildly successful life? Um, you know. They don't. I think I've gotten my message across loud and clear <laughs> at this point. I mean, it's pretty public how much I don't want kids. Um, but, it, yeah, it's more for other women. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. at this point, I'm spreading that message for all the other women who feel the way that I do, of which there are millions who don't want to have children, who don't want to be married or tied down to one person for the rest of their life. Like, I'm speaking for that group of people because there aren't enough ambassadors to that group of people. We hear about all the great things about having kids and being married. What we don't hear about is the people taking, you know, responsibility for the fact that they might not be good at that. If you ask either one of my dogs or if either one of my dogs could talk, they would 
endorse the idea of me never parenting a real child. You know what I mean? Like, it's a smart decision, not a stupid one. <laughs> and uh, you, you talked about the podcast, how you get to, to talk to real people. What annoys you the most about people? Uh, I guess when people don't take your advice or, you know, if you're telling someone something out of love, like I have no skin in the game with half these people who are calling in for their problems, you know? <laughs> But, like, I, I'm going to give you a firm hand and I'm going to give you, like, I'm going to give it to you straight. And, like, you should take that advice and be grateful for it. And I think sometimes when you're honest with people, they, they have a hard time accepting your honesty because it can be, you know, direct or a little bit harsh. But I think honesty is a gift, you know. Like, we live in a world where people are just so full of it and lying and and filters and everything's just a fake, you know, like I think it is very valuable and to, to be truthful to people, especially women to women. You know what I mean? Like if I see a guy doing something and I don't even know his girlfriend or his wife, like I will tell her, like, I'm not going to be one of those women who's like, it's not my place. It's not my business. It isn't your place or isn't your business. But as a woman, I feel like all women are my business. Well, I uh, love your work, and I'm so excited that you're coming to Vancouver at the end of March. Chelsea, is there anything we haven't covered that you wanted to make sure you got across? Oh, just that I love Canada, <laughs> and thank you for loving me back. <laughs> well, thank you for coming back. That is Chelsea Handler. She's bringing her tour again to Vancouver at the end of March.